Pursuing your future doesn't end at 40. In fact, it may mark the beginning of knowing who you are, what you're capable of, and what you really want. But knowing what's next and how to get there can be a challenge, especially when old narratives play on repeat. Liberty Road is here to share stories so that you can consider your possibilities, pursue your purpose, and move into your future with intention. I'm your host, Netta Jones, and we're here to listen, learn, and liberate dreams one episode at a time. Well, hello, Liberty listeners. Welcome to another episode of Liberty Road. And we are thrilled to have with us Jennifer Archie today. I became a fan of Jennifer's on social media. So this is an argument for the way social media actually does good in the world. And um, I'm thrilled to have her here today to share her story of how she uh, created this awesome product. I'm not going to get ahead of myself. Jennifer, how are you? Thanks for being on the show. I'm great. So thankful. I'm Jennifer Archie, the founder of Junie B's Butter. And Junie B's Butter is a boutique skincare brand. And we specialize in handcrafting all natural body butter. We also have a lip butter. I've been uh, in business for about three years now. Well, let's back up a little bit because you didn't come by making this because you wanted to create a line of products for the body. You came at it because there was an issue in your family, your daughter, right? Who had some skin issues. So tell us a little bit about that. Like most of us just do research, Jennifer. Most of us just go (laughs) get lost in Google. You created a product. Tell us about that. I was talking to my husband about it the other day and I told him like, you know, it's, it's amazing how this product uh, came to because You know, it's all about a mother just trying to find a way to soothe her child. I mean, you know, that's our role is to protect them, create a a safe space. So, you know, at eight months, she developed a skin rash all over her body and it was itchy. So she suffered a bit from it. And of course, I researched and I found a bunch of over-the-counter products and even prescription products. But it would all it would temporarily remedy the situation, but then it would fat come back quickly. So I was like, you know, I don't know what this is. And so right. I just started said, I'm gonna create like just a simple solution, like of shea butter and coconut oil. I whipped it together, nothing big, and just started putting it on her every day. And we we all used it. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Hold up, hold up. Okay, so I know that you're a fancy schmancy <laughs> biology student from Howard University, <laughs> but what 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 made you think that combining these two things was better than the over the counter or prescription things that you were buying? Like, what was your experience that you were like, I'm going to give this a shot? Well, I've used shea butter o- okay. over the years. Yeah, shea butter is is amazing. It's like a magical product. So have I. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, you know, coconut oil is awesome too. We use that in our hair. And so I'm like, I don't know. It just kind of, I thought the two together would work. I said, there's nothing wrong with trying. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm a busy bee. I'm a doer. So I 
love to create things. So this was a reason for me to just to, to do something else. So I, I created this little formula for her. You know, I researched these butters and just as she got older, I would add more butters in like sweet almond oil and jojoba oil. I added in aloe vera butter. Like I would try things. And before I know it, I had a really great formula of cocum butter and mango butter, um, coconut oil, shea butter, argan oil. And it's not something I was looking for a quick remedy. Right. But before I knew it, her skin was like amazing and clear. And my husband's, I didn't even realize what it was doing to his skin. He had like very like small dark spots on his back. Yeah. And they just disappeared. And I don't know when they disappeared. They just disappeared. And they have not been back since. And and are you creating this for the family and just, you know, it's in like some sort of jar yeah. and everyone's using it? I got a little glass jar. Yeah. Okay. So when do you then decide, let's take this out of the house and let's start selling it? <laughs> well, I would give it away to family and friends yeah. as gifts and they loved it. And then in 2018, my friend, she called me. She's like, look, I need a holiday gift. Yeah. Can I buy one of your butters? And I was like, ah, I'll give it to you. Don't worry about it. I'll put it in a nice bag. I don't sell it. She's like, no, I want to give you something for it. And then we went back and forth. And then she's like, she Venmoed me $25. I have the picture to this day because it's <laughs> the most amazing thing. So she Venmoed me $25. And then she gave it to her friend. And then she came back and she's like, my friend wants some more. And I was like, okay. Let's yeah, yeah. make, an, make yeah. another jar. So then she wanted more. And so I'm like, wait, I need to maybe put some a label on this. Yes. So, of course, me being who I am, I'm the overachiever that I am. I was like, I'm going to get a label. I'm going to make a logo. I'm going to do all of this. So I put a logo. I, I created my own logo, designed my own logo, and put a label on it, gave it to her. And then it just like caught like wildfire. And before I knew it, I, w I had a list of orders in my phone that I would like mark off that people picked up. Right. But yeah, and that's how Jeannie Beats Butter was born. There's listeners right now saying, okay, I've got some concoction that I've been whipping up in my kitchen and mm -hmm. it's made of X, Y, and Z and I use it for my, you know, my hair. How do you go from that to like, I'm going to sell this and I, people are using it on their physical bodies. Like I need some sort of legal protection. Right. And to protect yourself as a business. Like, where do we go from here, Jennifer, with this awesome butter that's like being given away, being sold, being used, and people are seeing results. That's why they're coming back to you. Right. Right. So I had to pause and yeah. I went to... I always forget the name of it, but I went to, it was, it's like the South LA Chamber of Commerce and okay. they have like yeah. these mentoring mentors there and it's free and you can make appointments. And I went there and I talked to a woman. She had been in a beauty business for a long time. She showed her the product. She gave me some tips on where I can get it tested. She gave me some tips on other forms of butter to, to use and then good manufacturing practices. So I just started buying equipment and testing my product and making sure that it was safe for my customers to use. I developed a website and 
There it was. Here I am. There it was. And if you're using all natural products, is that easier to do? You don't have to get that sort of approved. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I'm using all natural products and I'm not using any water in it. Mm. Uh, Although I did get it tested just to make sure that, you know, the formulation was correct and, and I'm using the right amounts of essential oils. And so it, you know, there won't be any kind of rashes or, and, and you can't help if someone is allergic to something, but I always disclose what's in it and make sure that people know. And then also, especially people come to me and they want to use it on their kids. And I tell them I would use the unscented. That's all for, for um, young kids. And I wouldn't start using it on them until around eight months or over five months. When you can sort of start to tell what those allergic reactions might be. Okay, you said something yeah. that I'm curious about. You said I wanted to make sure there wasn't water in it. What's what's wrong with water? Well, some products are made with water. Right. Distilled water. But I don't put water in my products. So therefore, like, you don't have to put a preservative in there. I see. I see. Because the oils and the butters, they are actually like anti- bacterial, yep. they're antifungal. And, you know, so they, they repel bacteria, they repel, you know, water, right? If you put my butter on, and then you wash your hands, you can see the little beads, beads of water on top, because oil and water. That makes, so right. is that biology degree coming in handy? Or is that just, I've spent some time in the kitchen, and I know what I'm doing? Um, a little bit of both. A yeah. little bit of both. Yeah. yeah. You know, my chemistry classes help you know, figure out sure. how to whip it and and get the consistency that I, I that want. That you wanted. Okay, let's mm-hmm. go back a little bit because, again, we've got okay. listeners who are like, what other experience did, did Jennifer bring to the table? I know that you worked in a family business, too, and you did, and you really, mm-hmm. you had your sort of business chops, and you've said it a couple times, like, I'm, I'm just an active person. I'm a busy person. It's in the name. It, the you know bees is in the name, right? Work bees. <laughs> so, what was that kind of history that you brought into the brand? What did you do before you know concocting this for your daughter? Well, when I graduated from Howard, I I was a microbiologist for about four years. I was a mold specialist, and I worked with a lot of mold. And I started getting like sick all the time, and it just wasn't for me. Like I, yeah. I was like, this is not where I want to be. Yeah. So, and I've always had in my, in my bones, like I've always wanted to have my own business. I've always wanted to go into business. And I remember calling my dad in my sophomore year and I said, look, I don't think this biology thing is for me. I'm going to change my major to business. And he called every doctor friend he could <laughs> yeah, he to did. get me <laughs> yeah, he did. to not change. Right. Uh huh. <laughs> so I think about this all the time because I'm like, I could have like just gone straight into it, but <laughs> this is my journey. Yes. But anyway, so I left being a microbiologist and I started working for my father. It was going to be a temporary thing yeah. until I found something else, but I ended up working there for 15 years. What was there? What was your dad doing? He's a, a petroleum marketer. Oh, wow. So he sells oil and fuel. Okay. He used to have a contract with like the border patrol, like he would supply fuel and oil to um, the fleet, Okay. Uh, like for the city of Los Angeles, just different contracts like that. Okay. And he's still in business to this day. I learned so many great things from, from working with him. And 
you know, working for your family is not easy yeah. at all. And especially working for my dad. Yeah. So we're kind of like the same personality. We're, we're like control. Yeah. I think he's a little bit more control freak than me. Yeah. But I couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. Love you, dad, but I'm out. But yeah. bye. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Gotta go. I'm doing this for our relationship yeah. because, man. Yeah. Yeah. So I left, just ran out the door now. And I started working for a nonprofit as an operations director. And I was only there a year. It was the worst experience. It was just wow. terrible. Yeah. And I felt so, I felt like just lost. Like I left, you know, working for my father. And now like I was trying to find purpose and have something of my own. And it just wasn't working. And so it really pushed me to f- really sit down and figure out, okay, you want to be an entrepreneur. What business are you going to start? Right. So I had this idea, and I'm not going to talk about it because I might still do it. <laughs> okay, okay. Fair enough. Will you come back on the podcast and tell me if you do that? Sure. Okay. Yes, I <laughs> will deal. definitely it's do that. It's a deal. Okay. Let me back up. So I, horrible experience, I quit. And that is so not like me. I went into the office and I'm like, look, here's my two week notice. Yeah. And I'm I'm done. Can I ask Jennifer, was it I quit because I didn't like the role or was it I quit because I don't like this organization? Or did you know? I did know. I okay. quit because no, I, I love being an operations director, but I okay. quit because I didn't like working there. Okay, fair enough. It was that bad that I quit <laughs> without a job. Yeah. But not without speaking to my husband and telling him what I plan to do, you know. So we had some things in place, but it was only for a short period of time. Right. So I had to find a job. So I started looking for a job, but on the side, I was trying to start this business. And it just wasn't going well, and I needed a lot of money. And it and I was like, look, just not going to, I'm just going to focus on getting a job. And then my friend came and... She bought the butter for me, and then... That was it. I just stuck with it, yes. You knew that it was a shift, like, I have to leave this for now. Yes. Because even though it might be a great idea, it wasn't happening. It wasn't organically moving forward. Yeah. And Junie B's butter fell in my lap, and there was demand for it. So it just took my time up. And before I knew it, I was like, oh, I've... I have a website. People are buying my product. I have an Instagram account. Yeah. I got to trademark my name. It just felt good. Yeah. And I was in a place where I hadn't been in a while. And I had, I felt like I had purpose and a, and a freedom that I hadn't had in a while. And just a clarity. Yeah. And so, yeah, so I've stuck with it. And um, I love doing what I do. It's clear that you do because you <laughs> you left something that you were probably pretty passionate about. And we'll get into that in podcast number two when that happens. Yeah. We'll stay in touch. <laughs> but it's interesting what you're saying. I sort of feel like a lot of people, you you went through it outside of the pandemic, but a lot of people are saying what you're saying now as a result of the pandemic. They said, I found myself kind of hitting my head against a wall This thing wasn't working. I wasn't finding flow. I felt like I was stuck. And this gave me an opportunity to pivot. And I've heard so many people use that word pivot relative to 
the pandemic, but that was a word long time ago and people in business of course. use that word uh, before and it sounds like you're one of them. Yes. What would you say to somebody who was doing their own venture? What would you say to another woman that was doing her own venture who did find herself sort of stuck knowing what you know and given the experience that you had? What questions might you ask to help her realize if she's actually on the right track or if she's missing something or if she should pivot altogether? I would ask her, how do you feel when you wake up in the morning? Mm. Like, do you feel good about what you do? Like, is there is it a burden? I usually tell like tell people like write down the pros and cons of this venture. Yeah. If there's more pros than cons, stick with it. It's going to be tough. Like there's many weeks I'm like, this is I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> yeah. When I say this is the hardest I've ever worked in my life, it is tough and being an entrepreneur is not for the weak. It no. is not. It is so difficult. Sometimes it's hard to to feel motivated. Mm -hmm. So if you are doing something that you're not motivated to do or it doesn't feed your soul, then I say don't do it. If you're in it just for the money, yeah. You're not going to last. No. Unless it's like a a hit from the start and someone buys your company. Yeah. It has to be about more than the money. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast, somebody else's podcast. It was uh, Guy Raz, but <laughs> he was interviewing the guy who was the founder of Raising Cane, the, the chicken fingers uh -huh. fast food establishment. And he mentioned his business partner from, you know, early on at some point had said in the first few years, like I think they had four stores in or something. And he said, I'm out. I'm, I'm out. And he's like, why are you out? We're making money hand over fist. And he's like, it's not in my soul. Like, this is not what I want to do with my life. And so even when you are making money, sometimes that thing becomes a drain and it's exhausting. And there are other ways to make money. Yeah. Do you find yourself as an entrepreneur often sort of isolated and making decisions by yourself and it can be lonely, I guess, is what I'm asking. Do you find yourself oh, in that place a for lot? for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Entrepreneurship is a lonely, it's a lonely place. It is. Yeah. I feel that often. And if it wasn't for my family, I mean, and the support that I get, it's it's just, it's a tough road. And right. you're you're constantly in your head. And so that's why I created this. I do like these little breakfasts with other female entrepreneurs yeah. and we get together and we just talk and we keep each other accountable. So that is something that I look forward to every week because that's a way that I could rejuvenate Yeah, just to keep moving because yeah. sometimes it gets really lonely. You need to talk to people. You need to figure out certain things. You need to bounce things off of people. And talk to your people. Right? People who understand right. the entrepreneurial plight. Like, yes. I can talk to my husband who is awesome and supportive all day long, but he doesn't get certain things about, it's nuanced things about the work right. that I'm doing. But it's when I talk right. to other women who are doing their own things that we're like, yes, yes, I understand that pain. I understand that issue. Or, hey, I've got this solution. Check this out or check this person out or whatever. It's a different kind yeah. of, it it feeds the soul in a different way than just talking yes. to anybody. It's not just getting it off your chest, right? 
Yes, it definitely feeds the soul and I I need it. Yeah. I am very intentional about connecting with other founders. It's just so important for you to do that um, when you're starting your business. So let me ask you a question. We often hear that from entrepreneurs, from founders, like find a community of uh, like-minded people. I've been part of communities, but sometimes those communities can feel, you know, they're made up of hundreds or even thousands of women. It's online. It's more like a a club membership than a community. Right. What would you right. say is essential? Like how many people and what are what are the topics you're you've, you're discussing and what's the importance of like safety in that group and feeling like you can be open and honest? Like what are your two cents about these are the necessary ingredients when you create a group? I feel like it definitely has to be small. Yeah. What's small? I meet with three at okay. a time. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. That's all I could handle. Yeah. And even b- before I, I created the circle, like I would meet people individually and see where their head is at, yeah. you know, and see what can they bring to the circle. Yeah. Because you want someone that, you know, we don't want anyone that's like negative all the time. Yeah. You want to be positive and you want to move forward. You know, we don't want anybody that's going to like down other businesses or something like that. So I kind of like meet people one-on-one just to kind of see where their head is at and see if it's a good fit. Definitely you have to come to the table with questions. Like we'll do like a to-do list and what's the next step in, in getting you to whatever goal you're trying to get to. So then we'll come with those goals and we'll talk about them and then we'll do like a a target completion date. Like, so try to get to this by this date and then we'll, we'll come back together and we'll talk about, did we accomplish that or what were the the struggles? Um, And sometimes we come together and we just eat and talk and, (laughs) which is necessary too, right? And maybe there might be some crying (laughs) Or there might be some, you know, <laughs> someone's mad or some venting, yeah. of yeah. course. But that's all good because it, it's just, it's needed, you yeah. know. And, and you have to, to be in these circles, you have to be vulnerable. Like you can't, you can't hold back. Like you have to be able to share. Yeah. Because that's the only way we're going to all benefit from it. I think what you're saying is key. And I it's a huge lesson for all of us is to find those groups that are small, that are more intimate, mm-hmm. that we can be honest, yes. that not, you know, be careful of toxic people. I, I would say also yes. be careful of takers, people that are there yes. to to receive information and not not to give. I, I learned a lesson exactly. early on in business. Give, give, get. Just make sure yes. you're like giving more than you're getting. And when you do that, you'll yeah. you'll receive the information yes. you want, the relationships you want, the connections you want. Like it's there's something to that rule. People want want you in their circle, right? Let's go back to Junie Bees for a second. And you call it butta for short, right? Not Junie Bees. You call yes. it okay, okay. Uh-huh. So I'm, I'm gonna do that. I'm uh-huh. gonna call it butta. I gotta I gotta get on it. <laughs> my daughter started saying that when she was little, she called it my butta. And um. I'm like, oh, Oh my gosh. Well, you've got a hashtag that. That is awesome. So how would you say, because I can see the 
the connections of the dots, right? When you talk about the work you did, I mean, going back to the biology, but the work you did for your dad, understanding, it sounds like contracts, understanding workflow. And then even though the year that you spent, it was a nonprofit, you said? Yes. Even though that didn't work out, the fact that you actually like that more organizational work says a lot about you being prepared and flexing that muscle as an entrepreneur. So do you see the dots connecting in the same way that I can see them connecting? You know, I, I, I do. I, I guess I'm going to be honest. Like I have been just working and not really looking back at, at my past and seeing where all the dots connected, but yes, I am an organizer and I know how to, operate yeah. a business. So yeah. it's, it's, yes, I do see the dots connecting. Yes. And would you say to somebody who wasn't an organizer, don't start a business? Or would you say, let me ask it this way. Is there a skill set that if you don't have it, don't start a business? There's not a skill set, but if you don't have the determination, yeah. You won't last. No, it's a good distinction. Yeah. You can always hire somebody to do anything you want to do. Yeah. And get it done. Right. If you have a creative mind and you're just not into organizing and accounting and all that stuff, then you can hire people to do that, you know, if you have the money. And also, there's so many resources, free resources Mm. in your local like Chamber of Commerce. There's a lot of people that can help you get the things that you need to get done. Unfortunately, I do it all yeah. right now. And that has to end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a hard thing for most founders, right? To start to let go of the everything yes. is a real issue because you feel like you can do it better than anyone or because you're right. restricted by you know funds or whatever. I mean, there's a variety of reasons. Yeah. But I think it's a necessary one. When you hear the stories of people who have been successful, they will often talk about that first hire. Yes. Letting go of that one thing that, you know, I'm replaceable there and there's actually somebody that can do it even better than me. But you have to identify those things, right? Right. And I have many lists (laughs) that I have created. And I'm like, okay, today's the day. I'm writing my list and this is what someone can, and I put, and I move it over. And I'm like, this is what I can hire someone to do. That's awesome. Have I hired that person yet? No, but it's coming. (laughs) It's coming. Okay. Okay. (laughs) We're going to keep you accountable in in podcast too. Yes. So, you know, we pivoted Liberty. This podcast became important to me to focus on stories of female founders over 40, that there wasn't enough of us telling our story, talking about what we do, encouraging other women to do the same. What would you say your age had to do with, or how did it play a role in launching Butta? Um, you know, I have to say that I didn't even think about my age. I yeah. think of it more now than I'm closer to, I don't want I guess, yeah. I don't care. I'm closer <laughs> to 50. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I didn't really think about it. I was so excited and so happy that this was happening. And finally, it was a time that I felt like I had purpose. It was very freeing and it still is. 
I have a seven year old at my age. Like yeah. it's, I'm tired most of the time. Yeah. But it's all rewarding. Like at the end of the day, it's rewarding. And I know like I'll complain and whatever, but it's, sure. it is to be 46, have my own business, have the freedom to, to do what I want. And it feels good. Yeah. Did you just say you're 46 and then you told me earlier you're almost 50? Well, I'm close to 50. Okay. I'm like getting there. I have what, four or more years? Four That's years is not a long time. Close, close to 50 is 49 and a half. That's close to 50. <laughs> so call me, call me when you're 49 and a half. I'm 54. So I know what close to 50 looks like. I get it. And, and, I, and I also think, you know, you said you didn't think about it in the beginning. It was the excitement. And there was urgency, right? You were creating products because you were trying to heal an issue with your daughter. But you right. said, I, I think about it now. What do you think about now relative to your age and being an entrepreneur specifically? You know, I try not to. My husband's like, stop putting an age on success. Mm. Mm, amen. He tells me that over yeah. and over again. And I believe him, but then I get into my head and I'm like, you know, now I'm feeling the effects of age, like little things happening, mm-hmm. strange mm-hmm. things happening with your body, all kinds of things. And it's like, man, I don't have the energy that I used to have. And I think about like if I was in my mid 20s or, you know, early 30s, like I would have so much more energy, but I wouldn't have the life experience. Yes. Yes. You know, I trade that. Having the, the, the wisdom and the life experience to now run a business is is the best thing. Yeah. Age doesn't matter. No. And in, in fact, even when you just said like that our bodies are getting more tired, we don't have the same energy. All that means is that we have to be more selective in how we spend that energy. Yeah. And there's there's a lot of there's a lot of benefit in that. Like really being focused, really making sure that whatever we're doing is igniting something in us, is serving other people, is you know, whatever that thing is that is meaningful for you. So yeah. To me, to me that is it's the blessing in disguise of 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 age. What would you say Bada has taught you? about yourself? Like, what have you learned about Jennifer that you didn't know until you took on this venture? That I can. I used to always tell myself, I mean, that was my main word. I can't do that. I can't do that. How am I going to do that? Always. That's why. I mean, I don't say that anymore, but no, that I can, that I'm a survivor. Like I can run my own business, like, and be successful. I'm proud of myself. You should be. I am. Your daughter's watching. Oh, for sure. She sees she sees what you're doing and and there's that's no small thing. And that I can in business becomes an I can in so many other things in your life. Right. right? Yeah. And even my daughter has said to me like she's so um involved in everything that I do. Yeah. Like everything. What's her so, namesake? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. She's let me know that many I'm times. I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, yes. But the way that she handles herself is even different mm. from watching how I handle mm. things. And I could see it. I could see her as an entrepreneur. Like she's already, yeah. you know, there. Like yeah. she could do it. 
And isn't it great that this generation, your daughter's generation, the generation directly behind us has been able to embrace entrepreneurship. And I'm talking specifically about women in a way that my generation, I was an outlier. You know, I was, and not not in a good way, in a like, what are you doing sort of way. <laughs> right. Because stepping out of that or off of that traditional trajectory was just, wasn't a thing. And now it's a thing. And, you know, and now now we have to ensure that more and more women are successful doing it. Right. But it is a- yes. absolutely a thing to consider that. Okay. Tell me kind of a hack, a practice, a book, something you're doing right now that you want to let our 40 plus listener know about. I would say it's acupuncture and meditation. Yes. If I don't do it, I'm not right. How often? Um, acupuncture is like once a month now. It okay. used to be twice a month, but now it's once a month. And meditation, it's almost every day. Meditation is very important to me. I feel like anything we can do to just ground ourselves, to get ourselves started from a kind of zero, a neutral place, um, is more yes. meaningful than just the constant urgency, which I'm, you know, uh, calling. The, yeah. It's me. I'm talking to myself here when I say that. <laughs> I operate out of that place a lot. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's important. It definitely is. And what's one word you would use to describe midlife? Transformative. Mm. Yeah. There's so many things going on with me, like mentally, physically. I have my seven-year-old daughter, like my business. Yeah. My husband and I are about to celebrate a 14-year anniversary. Mm, congratulations. So it's just a lot of things. And my parents are aging. Yeah. Like, it's just transformative. Yeah. That's a good word. It kind of holds a lot of that at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then what would you say to somebody who says, you know what, Jennifer? Um, I'm almost 52. But she's literally almost 50. Not you're almost 50. And she says, <laughs> I... I think I'm done. I don't I don't really think I've got anything to offer. What would you say to her? I would say to her, face your fears. Mm. I would tell her, you need to really think about what you just said. You don't have anything to lose. Yeah. Yeah. And people say, you know, I missed the boat. And I used to say that. I missed the boat. Like, there's no boat. Like, there's <laughs> no, you have to just go for it. Yeah. I love that you say that there's no boat. That's a really important thing. We yeah, uh, we all do that. We think that there is, maybe we switched the boat from Prince Charming. You know, that was like our early childhood. <laughs> right. Then we thought there was a yes. boat. So I think, right. I think there's exactly. something to that. I think there's some, we're, we're going to make that a Jennifer quotable somehow. Yes. And kind of in a sentence, what would you say has been really meaningful about this particular stage of life? You've talked about it being transformative. In what way has it transformed you? Oh, that's that's a hard question. It is a hard question. There's so much to that. There's a patience that I have now. There's a purpose. Mm. I'm intentional every day. It, every day counts. Yeah. Like every minute counts. I feel like I'm always running out of time. So Mm -hmm. I'm very aware of my time and what I do, and I make it count. Mm -hmm. I am very 
very intentional about how I spend my time and who I spend my time with. And I find myself saying, no, I can't do that. I don't want to do that. Yeah. That's not how I want to spend my time. Even with my daughter, I'm like, hey, space, give me like an hour. Yeah. I don't want to do that right now. I don't want to look at that show right now. Like, I feel more empowered now than ever to make those decisions. And I can. Yes. And you know the benefit of those boundaries and making those decisions. You know that they're, to use your own word, just it's intentionality, like, in all of yeah. that. Yeah. You have to be to protect your your mental health. Like, you have to have some form of barrier that you put up because you just can't let everybody in and you can't let the outside affect you. Because then you feel like you're kind of blowing in the wind when you allow yeah. all those things to shape you, to form your time, to to form you. Yeah. More specifically, how would you say, and this is kind of where we end every podcast, how would you say this particular venture of Junie B's Betta has liberated Jennifer? I just feel free. I feel... I feel good. Yeah. I mean, there's times when I don't feel great, but then it's I I get right back into the groove. Like it's it's liberating to to get up every morning and know that you make your decisions mm-hmm. about your business, your day. You create your journey. It's it's yeah. my journey and I'm I, I'm happy that I have control of it. And even though that can be daunting and when there's someone to blame, it's you too, right? Right. And you've said the word freedom several times. And I knew this is going to be her answer. It's going to be about freedom. And I love that because it is. what else are we doing if not trying to free ourselves to, to not even to do, to just to be who we want to be? Yeah. You said that you're intentional about the way you spend time. And I just want to say thank you for spending this time with us and making this podcast a priority in your day. I've enjoyed it. We appreciate it. And I know that so many of our listeners are going to benefit from hearing your story and hearing, you know, early on when you said I was working on something else and I that thing was not moving. It's like you started to pay attention to what was opening up for you, right? Yeah. There's always a blessing somewhere. We just got to kind of find it, right? And be able to see it and recognize yeah. it. Yeah. And I love that you did that. And that's that. about sitting sitting still. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for, for teaching us so much in, in this episode. Liberty listeners, thank you too for being intentional and spending this time with Jennifer and me. And we will talk to you guys again next week. Bye. Liberty Road is broadcast on all platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and more. If you like what you've heard, please follow, rate, and review Liberty Road on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It helps us to know if these episodes are inspiring and equipping your ventures. Liberty Road is produced by Netta Jones and Elizabeth Joy Windham and music by Jordan Flower.